Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 91 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I am Brett. I am happy to be here with you in this gay wrath month. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Evil Jeff. Happy wrath, Evil Jeff. You said gay wrath? Yeah, July is gay wrath month. Oh, because of pride. Now we're just angry? Yeah, after pride comes wrath. And I really think that's actually a mood we should embrace more today. So is August and gluttony? Gluttony is August. <laughs> That's every other month. <laughs> Lust and gluttony. Um, and sloth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I just feel that pride has been co-opted. And kind of like when we spruce up a neighborhood and then it beca- we're happy for a while and then it's overrun by strollers and breeders yeah. and we go do a new neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going on with pride. And so we need a new sin <laughs> and a new month and a new mood. Yeah. Fuck you, straight people. That's right. Unless you Fuck listen you. to Happy the show, wrath. we love you. We love you. And you should be listening to the show. It's not just for the LGBTQ. No. Um, speaking of somebody who I wish was queer, the new Tom Holland <laughs> Spider-Man movie just came out. Did you see it? I've seen it twice. I so let that be a well, hint into how I felt. I saw it. In the Arclight Dome in Hollywood with the directors and writers of the movie. Get the fuck out. You did? Yeah. They didn't talk after it or anything, but they were just there. Did they like it? Did they laugh? I mean, I wasn't sitting next to them. I don't I don't know. But I mean, I think they were just like, I mean, the Arclight, I mean, the new Quentin Tarantino movie in the trailer, it opens with the Arclight Dome. Like, it's like the quintessential Hollywood kind of like movie place, like after the Chinese theater. And uh, and so they showed up there, which was really cool. And uh, and uh, yeah, I just felt like I was just like living my Hollywood moment. And then the movie came on and I think we should one, two, three it. You ready? Yeah. One, One, two, two, three. three. Loved it! Oh, I loved it so much. I think I liked it more than the first one. Oh, absolutely. And I love the first one. Spidey. I love the first one. I love the first one. This one was pure Spidey. It folded into the greater MCU very well. It explained, it it wrapped up things with the MCU very well. In such wonderful ways. Uh, and it left us screaming during the post credit scenes more so than Homecoming did. Yeah, for especially with like, what, where is this all leading and what is going to happen? But yes. first, let's wax poetic about the beauty of Tom Holland. Let's please start with that. Let's set the tone. He is so hot. And I'm uh, not really like... I mean, I guess I'm kind of a twink guy, but like he wouldn't normally be my type, like a pasty British twink, but he is so sexy. He's so sexy. When my husband and I just got home from the movie, we just got back a little while ago, turn on the TV, lo and behold, Amazing Spider-Man starring Andrew Garfield is on. And he says, husband, oh, Andrew Garfield is so hot. And I say, okay, out of the three Spider-Men, is he the one you'd want to sleep with the most? And he said, 
hell no Tom Holland all day. Okay, all wait. Day. Pause. Mary fuck kill Toby <gasps> Maguire, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield. Um Mary Tom Holland fuck Toby Maguire kill Andrew Garfield. That Brett is the correct answer. <laughs> Thank you. And I think honestly, it's really because like even though I was in my 20s when Spider-Man came out, that did hit, and I talked about this before, that scene of him seeing his buff body that did something to me. And yeah. I want that. I want that. Yeah, his body doesn't look like that anymore. What is he doing? Did he just retire? Yeah, like what? Did he get in trouble because he was like he's the one that took the fall for being in Leonardo DiCaprio's posse, his destructive posse back in the day? Is that a thing? Yeah, like Leonardo. Uh, why can't I say his name? Leonardo DiCaprio, and he had like a gang of friends that he was with all the time, and they would trash hotel rooms, and they were always going out and like just being straight douchebags. And Tobey Maguire was one of them. He's married to some like famous person's daughter, like a. T- some executive's daughter or something, isn't he? What happened to Toby Maguire? Toby, where are you? Toby! Anyway, back to Tom. Tom is just delicious. There was a scene where he was, like, holding something up. Uh, maybe the Black Dahlia necklace when he was talking to Happy, and his bicep just kept, like, popping in and out when he was shaking his arm. Mm. I went through puberty again. And uh, I've been watching, like, the Entertainment Weekly behind the scenes of him and Jake Gyllenhaal together. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, there's such a Call Me By Your Name vibe happening. Can we make a movie of them having sex? I don't know what or where or how <laughs> or why. That's what the movie's about. But Jake Gyllenhaal is aging like a fine wine. He sure so is. So hot. Now, here's the thing. And as you know, we are going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. The, We're spoiling the fuck out of this movie. The genius of this movie is that they're kind of blessed with the idea that, hey, everyone knows that Mesmero is a bad guy. Mysterio. Mysterio. Mesmero. Oh, you're such that's an, an X fan. That's my oh. X Men enemy. Mysterio is a bad guy, and he has, like, illusion powers. So you know that going in. So you kind of are just. You're joyously watching, waiting for the shoe to drop. And 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 I kind of like that. I kind of like that, where they're like, we know you know he's the bad guy. It's funny. Um, I, you know, I don't, my husband doesn't really appreciate that Mysterio, you know, is going to have this con artist turn. Those of us who have dove into the comics our whole lives know what to expect from Mysterio. But it had me thinking, you know, I knew he knew he was the villain. Like, I'm not giving him as much credit as he deserves. But to sit there and not know that something is coming and to watch this, like, bullshit movie with this undefined hero and these stupid fire and water monsters, like, some people must have been like, I think this sucks. Yeah. And then after the turn is like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal's great. Oh, thank God. And that's the one thing that I like. The one thing I didn't see coming is I thought that Spider-Man was just like an annoyance in the way. I didn't realize he was the target. He wanted the glasses the whole time. Yes. So that was the surprise. I thought it was like, oh, I'm after Nick Fury. I'm clearly want to become infiltrate the Avengers. 
Um, but then here's the, the other interesting thing is he has a backstory, which ends up being a lie, that he is from another world. And his other world is, uh, is I forget what he said, but he said that the MCU is 616. Yep. Which I thought was funny, and how I always, and that is for for the first part when I was like, "Is this real?" And then I got angry because I was like, "No, the MCU can't be six one six because the comic book world is six one six. And the nerd yes. in me got upset, and then it well, turned out all to be a lie. <laughs> so we'll get more into Mysterio in a bit. I want to start where, or I'm going to go into where it starts, which is Whitney Houston. And which I loved. So good. A badly and edited m- in, in memoriam, memoriam to Tony Stark. With pixelated vision because he, they probably got the picture where he was way up in the air and they had to zoom in on him. And as and someone who uses stock footage, <laughs> yeah. the Getty Images candles, that was, it was just genius. The comedy genius. in this is so fucking good. It's, it's so, so good because it's such genre comedy it's such high school comedy and the fact that they started with my low-key favorite character from homecoming betty brandt i was so happy yeah she's so weird yeah and then she ends up being the love interest for um what's his name what's his best friend ned Leeds. yeah which in the comics betty brandt and ned Leeds were married for a while i don't know if he's back from the dead but Betty Brant and Ned Leeds were a big Spider-Man supporting couple. But I love how they, it literally was like in three seconds. Uh, the explanation of the, the blip. No, I was saying their relationship. Oh, I, uh, so uh, teenage hilarity, <laughs> but they're, then they dive into kind of covering, okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the blip, everybody returning. And it's called the <laughs> blip. It's called the blip. And they showed people returning in the middle of a like, in the middle of a situation, which we always wonder. Hey, what about people in airplanes? Blah 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 blah. But like, they showed us a little bit of the band appearing in the high school gymnasium while there was a basketball game going on. And they showed us the reappearance colliding with normal life. And my next favorite part is dealing with that now people that were gone for five years, suddenly their 11-year-old pipsqueak younger brothers and people are now hot high schoolers in school with them. And they made that a plot point. Which is, oh, he was, he's so hot too. Dreamy. Oh my God, Dreamy. What's his name? What else has he been I, in? I don't know, but he's Dreamy. Uh, the Tom Holland's rival. Uh, whatever his name is, this hot, hot as fuck Asian guy who's kind of like evil. And this is the one thing where I just, I loved it where he gets, he gets these glasses. From? From Tony Stark. And it's called, uh, what, Edith. Edith. Do you remember what it stands for? (laughs) Um, it stands for even dead, I am the hero. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the glasses basically are just like a key to unlock any type of technology anywhere. And you have access to all of Tony's satellite drones. 
And then Tony gets, uh, Tony, Tom, well, Peter, sorry. And I had a stroke. Peter is on his trip. He's on a European trip, but then these monsters and Mysterio are happening and he's trying to balance his life being on this high school summer vacation school trip and being a hero. And he has to go and get um, a non-Spider-Man uniform. And this weird spy woman makes him get naked. <laughs> and then the bad guy, like not the bad guy, but his like the Asian kid. His high school his, rival. His high school rival walks in, takes a picture of it and is going to threaten and tell MJ. So he's basically like, Edith, you need to like take out what's his name brad i think that's his name brad brad he's like you need to take out brad and instead she's like all right we're gonna kill him and he's like oh fuck and he like launches a drone strike against his high school rival it's the show this movie is so delightful in so many ways the the reason it's so delightful is this was essentially with great power comes great responsibility the movie like that was the theme but they never said it Mm -hmm. but that's the theme like, he has to step up and be this hero, especially in the void of Iron Man. And he didn't want to because he didn't want to be responsible for it. He just wanted to be a normal kid. But he can't because of the great power. And that, my friends, is the core of Spider-Man. Welcome and to I think Spider-Man. that's why this movie was so good. Yeah. The whole first act was about that old Parker luck. I kept saying that to myself while I was watching it. Ugh, that old Parker luck. Yeah. It was so spidey. Yeah. And the genius of the MCU blip, everyone coming back explanation, was that they handled it with levity. If they would have kept that whole serious endgame somber somber tone, they never would have been able to move on. Jesus. It's like grief. My favorite blip joke which is you never expect the funny one of the funniest characters is the guy from Silicon Valley and Freaks and Geeks the teacher Martin Starr yeah he is so fucking good in this but how he so basically good. was like my wife pretended to blip and she just ran <laughs> off with somebody else that's, like, that's one of the most genius uses of the 5 year disappearance my wife pretended to blip Oh my God, he's so good with his physical comedy of dropping the camera in yeah. the water. Like you knew he was about to, but he did it way after you thought he was going to. Yeah. Oh, oh. that they, they nail the comedy in this movie. Not since Ragnarok have I been so impressed. It was so enjoyable. And then like Jake Gyllenhaal is so charismatic that I totally like bought the relationship between the two of them. They had chemistry out the yin yang. Yeah, they kept looking at each other when the other one wasn't looking. It was it was a lot. It was affecting me. And of course, I love me some you know Maria Hill and uh, uh, Nick Fury. I love them. I and then uh, when, once it turns and it turns out. Now I have a question for you as someone who watched has more recently Twice. watched a lot, but you've also yes. recently watched a lot of like other of the Marvel movies. That's all I watch. How many of those people that were in the bad guy cabal of Mysterio were in the other movies? I think just the guy that was responsible, like the guy who was at the computers, the guy who they showed. Yeah, um, with that's Obadiah an Stain. actual. That's an I actual. I think I can't prove that, but it. I'd put my chips on. That is the actual actor from that scene where Obadiah Stane goes off on an employee. But Jake Gyllenhaal certainly was not in the background of Civil War during the barf scene. Okay. 
So that is the connection to Mysterio's illusion powers, and that is the genius. They don't everything they need. It's like improv. Everything they need is right there already. Yeah. You don't need to. You don't need to create a multiverse because that turned out to be a lie. Spoiler. You don't need to create multiverse and different dimensions. All you have to do is have the inventor of the simulated reality barf from Civil War, that scene where he gives everyone at MIT grant money, that scene where you see young Robert Downey Jr. talking to his parents, and it's so freaky. The inventor of that technology was Jake Gyllenhaal, and he was pissed off that Tony called it barf. Yeah. That was the motivation. And then he... uh no, then they reminded me of like the Technet from Excalibur. Mm-hmm. Kind of like all the people, even though they're, they're because they're all like geniuses, they're all just like nerds. So they're all kind of incapable. Like their their evil plot is very bumbling, which I kind of enjoyed. And Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. uh, oh, just the battle. Let's talk about. The when Mesmero uses his full powers to battle Mysterio. Mysterio, what is wrong with me? Mysterio uses his full powers to battle Spider-Man. That was pretty. That was pretty great. That was that pretty great scene, battle. That scene, like I, I turned to my friend Jamie, who I saw it with. There's another thing I turned to Jamie and said, but I'll point that out later. I turned to my friend Jamie and said. Um, this is Mysterio. This is this is what I was hoping we would get. That full hallucination yeah. scene. That's Mysterio. Yes. And oh, they nailed it. Yeah, it was great. And then it how so it, in the end he was able to battle it of what was real and what wasn't with his Peter Tingle. His Peter Tingle. Oh, I love it so much. It was a movie about Peter needing to kind of find balance and find inner peace in order for his spidey sense to work. Yeah. And another great performance, Zendaya. So I adorable. love making MJ this like goth, dark, depressed, yeah, like murder obsessed kind of girl. She's murder obsessed. I love that. And she figures out that he's Spider-Man. According to her, she figured it out a long time ago. Well, but then, she, though, but then she admitted she was only yeah. 67 What <laughs> Just like, what a well-crafted scene where she's like, you're Spider-Man, you're Spider-Man. You're, he's like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. And then she shows him what basically turns out to be the thing that makes Peter realize that Mysterio is evil. She shows it to him, and he realizes how bad he fucked up by giving Mysterio the Edith glasses that Tony gave him, by trusting Mysterio. And he turns around and goes, okay, I am Spider-Man, and I fucked up. (laughs) And then she's just like, oh, wait, you really? Oh, crap. Wait, are you fucking with me right now? (laughs) Uh, It's weird, because I also saw her, I recently watched Euphoria. Have you watched that yet? Yeah, very different. No, I haven't seen it, but I understand. Night and day. I don't like it, but... um, it's pretty, but whatever. She's a she's a good actress. She's got range. She's great. She is great. 
She's a great MJ. I, I feel like she's so good that all of the dickhead purists who are like, she's not a white woman with red hair, are kind of like, and I don't care. My God. But here's the funny... <gasps> I've seen the light. This is the crazy thing, though, is but then a lot of um, the African-American community are mad at Zendaya because they oh, feel that she's too... Because she's half and she's light-skinned that she's taking jobs away from dark-skinned actresses. I, she um, can't win. It was the same thing that happened with the yeah. guy from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. And it's happening again. People are, are freaking out. Another redhead has been replaced with an African-American woman. They just cast a black oh, woman in the role Ariel. of Ariel. And everybody's freaking out, being like, a mermaid can't be black. I'm like, mermaids aren't real. They can be anything. Mermaids aren't real, my friend. I All I saw... I like checked my phone before the movie started and I saw that I saw the article about the casting of Ariel and I put my phone down and I said, well, I'm not going near that thing for a while. That sounds like hot garbage is about to spew everywhere. I think she'll be a great Ariel. Of course. Back, back to Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Love it. Love it. And then it was a great, I felt like the battle scenes were really, really good. Like the ending battle and the drama. And I felt it was, it was. I felt like everything was done well across the board. The only thing yeah. my friends didn't like is they felt the exposition scene where he went through every character bad guy of like what the what Tony the Stark did to piss him off. They felt that that was like too expository and too long. But I loved it, so I don't care. Yeah, you needed it though. You needed to understand the background. It's like, hey, just because we got the story of Janice, whose job it was to not only know where Edith was going, but also to steam his cape. Yeah. And when they kept checking in, with, <laughs> do you still need me to steam the cape? Like, yes. yes, Janice, I still need the cape. And it's also, oh, as we get to the final battle between Mysterio, I will say it right from now on, I probably won't, and uh, <laughs> Peter Parker. Um, Peter Parker is not a murderer. So here you have, how are you going to kill off this character without Peter Parker being the one that kills him? And in the end, Mysterio, I almost said Mesmero, Mysterio ends up killing himself kind of like by being overzealous by being overzealous and the and the person and the edith was like we can't fire these drones because you're in the line of fire and he was like i don't give a shit and he got ended up getting hit and dying mysterio hits upon so many themes about what's ugly about people today like number one i need to be the best by cheating number two I think that people will believe anything that they yes, see in this age of aesthetics. That's the real dark message here, is that people are willing to believe anything, and you just have to give them the right story that they Which want to see. Which, he's, he's the villain for today. If that's what he stands for, yeah. then he was the right villain to use at the right time. But, are we going to talk about the post-credits yet? Yeah, and so, you know, Peter saves the day. He, he gets what, the girl. Was, he gets the girl, and it was so great. My, the second showing, my theater really responded to Peter and MJ getting together. Uh, they were, my, my theater was really about the romance arc. It was very, oh, it was you very want, weird. Okay, you want to know what my theater reacted the most to? When they fucking what? put on Led Zeppelin. People went apeshit. They were like, well, first, it wasn't. Yeah! I was like, sweetie. there's so much straightness here. No, sweetie. Oh, girl, sit down. 
sit down for a sec. Let me explain it to you. Uh, it's not Led Zeppelin. It's ACDC. The joke is that Peter didn't know who it was. Oh. And it's Tony's music. Oh, that's it's, his music? It's Tony's music. I don't know any of that straight boy bullshit yeah. music. No, that the, when Tony was building his first suit, like back Oh, is that the song home, he used? That's the song they played. Oh, see, I don't remember any of that shit. So it was that's all. That's why they symboli- went crazy. That's why they I thought they went crazy because they just liked Led Zeppelin, and it wasn't no. even Led Zeppelin. No, it was the official moment where Peter became well, the new Tony. Don't I feel stupid? You know what I have to say to that? Mesmero. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so the movie ends. It's great. Uh, Peter, I'm, I'm sorry, Ned and Betty break up. <laughs> Yeah, immediately at the end of their trip. I love them. Uh, and then we have some credits. Um, oh, it ends with Peter um, swinging. Oh, God. More like subvert MJ realness. Peter swing. They have a date to swing through New York. And she screams. And she just does not like it. She's terrified the entire time. <laughs> Which, that would be horrible. That would I would be, not want that. There's nothing to hold on to. Yes. I would hate that. As as Lois Lane said in the first Superman, who's got you? You got me. Who's got you? Um, but then it lands, and as she's like, I'm never going to do that again, a big news thing. It's, it's always, isn't it nice that you stop right in front of Times Square, right? And it's also, has Times Square ever just shown with full audio the news? No. No. But whatever. That's my one gripe, yeah. but whatever. Right. He sees the news going on, and of course, Mesmero. Mesmero. I said it again. I'm, mm-hmm. We're ending. We're ending it. I can't do this anymore. Mysterio uh, makes a video, uh, basically not only making it look like that he w- wasn't the villain, that Peter Parker is the villain, that he was behind all the drones. He also said that it's fucking Peter Parker and he exposed him. He civil warred him. He showed his face on the screen. He, um, yeah, he created a posthumous video that framed Peter. But it wasn't just Mysterio that revealed Peter Parker's identity. To yeah, the world. there is another. It was person. someone else, too. I screamed. It was. Uh, I screamed out loud. J. Jonah. What's his name? J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson in probably the most brilliant casting since in the MCU since Robert Downey Jr. Was he in the originals? That's the guy who played him in the Toby That's movies. That's what I thought. It's J.K. Yeah. Simmons. Yeah. They oh, people, got, they, yeah, people they're went using crazy J.K. Simmons. People went crazy I screamed like, yeah. at, like I was trying to break the screen apart with my voice. I pointed at it and screamed like I wanted to destroy it. But also... I couldn't believe it. But here's the thing. Is there anyone else who played him in the Andrew Garfield movies? He wasn't in it. Yeah, the character didn't Be- exist. You want to know why? Who else could play it besides him? Who else can play him? He's literally Everybody the only person in the world who could play that. When JB Smoove was cast, everybody went to, "Oh, he's the new J Jonah Jameson. That's awesome." And that would have been awesome. But oh my God! Not since Marla Gibbs walked out in that live <laughs> Johnsons have I have I freaked out like this. I loved it. God, I loved it. It was great. Oh, it was incredible. And so let's get to. So that was the mid credit scene. Um, Peter Parker's identity is now public, which 
I'm like, is there a solution in sight? And hey, maybe there is. Because then we get to our end-to-end credit scene. <laughs> and I will get to the now where I turned the other thing I turned to my friend Jamie and said. At one scene, like, and Peter was just talking to Nick. I forget what scene it was. I turned to Jamie and I says, I turned to my friend Jamie. I said, oh, yeah, you knew it. That's, I said, that's not Nick Fury. And she said, what? And I was like, I think that might be the chameleon or something. Because I was like, there's something really wrong here. And lo and behold, it's a scroll. Maria Hill and Nick Fury were Talos and his wife from Captain fucking Marvel. The scrolls from Captain Marvel, which in retrospect, when Peter was like, hey, haven't, how about you call this person? How about you call that person? And he said, how about you call Captain Marvel? And Nick Fury goes, don't invoke her name. Now we know why. Yeah. Because it's the guy she saved. Yeah. It's the guy whose people she saved. <laughs> yes. I, At some point, they they were walking down the hall, and and Nick Fury goes, oh, "Who knew that Kree sleeper cells were public knowledge?" And I was like, "Wait, what? Huh? When did he say that?" He says that like right when they cut to a new scene. The first thing you hear is Nick Fury go to Maria Hill. Since when were Kree, uh, Kree sleeper cells public knowledge? And I was like, oh. "Why did what did he fuck did he just say?" Oh my god, I freaked out. You know why I freaked out? Because I thought it was Secret Invasion. <laughs> Uh, oh my god well, secret, I immediately how can it be screamed secret, secret invasion inv- how can it be secret invasion if they're the good guys now exactly but yeah, I mean they could you know I don't know they could have turned it's been many it's been years it's been since the 90s but no they're just providing Nick Fury a little vacation by standing in for him but was he on vacation yeah that was Nick's vacation. He needed a break after Tony's funeral. So he was like, you know what? I need you, I need you to pick me up. I need to go on a cruise. I need y'all to pretend you're me so I can enjoy my space cruise. For me, I felt like he was on some other mission and he was just taking a break. I thought he was like the, out in space on some space mission. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, what does this mean? Is he hunting Galactus? Oh, my God. The second time, I was like, oh, no, he just needed a vacation. <laughs> That's all. Okay. All right. Where is this all going, then? I don't, but, but Nick Fury is still in space with the Skrull army. And Talos and his wife are still pretending to be different people on Earth. I mean, just Nick Fury, but they're still doing it. But here's the thing. So that means Nick Fury is in space. Thor is in space. Captain America, Iron Man are out of the picture. There's going to be a separate TV show with Wanda and Vision. uh, What's his name? Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. uh, Soldier. So, like, who... And then where is Hulk in all of this? So I have a, my question is, where is the future? Is there going to be, we have Hulk, we have Doctor Strange. Like, we don't know where, where yeah, are they Hulk going to Yeah, Hulk's got one arm, essentially. Yeah. Um, where do they fit? Where, where does Shang-Chi fit? What's going to happen in Black Widow? What's Eternal? How is Eternals going to connect? When are we getting mutants? Um is the Fantastic Four going to show up? When are we getting mutants? Um, what is going to happen with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor being together? When are we getting the fucking mutants? There's a lot of questions. I know. I'm, I'm fascinated. 
What is the next movie then? In the Marvel, we don't know. There's, it's like we, we don't, don't know even yet. know. Is it being filmed? I guess it's Scarlet. Is it uh, Scarlet? Uh, uh, we're Black assuming Widow? it's Black Widow. Yeah, we're assuming it's Black Widow. But that's and I a think prequel. That's, that's not going to tell us shit. February 2020. I mean, it could fill in some gaps. I don't know. Ugh. It it could intro like it really could introduce somebody like a Norman Osborn or. Well, we really do need to release because um, they said after Spider Man that they were going to release the like what the official doc of, of Phase Four was. So the Russo brothers just um, tweeted a piece of the San Diego Comic Con logo with no commentary around it, just like a little. Oh, that's when they're going to do it. That's so when I they're going to do Diego. it. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't. I wait. think there's going to be some big announcements at Comic Con. All right, which is cool. like third week in July, I think. Sweet. Yeah, sweet. We did it, Spider Man. Um, go see it, Spider Man. I love it. Far from home, far from bad. That's <laughs> what I call it. It's great. It's so enjoyable. It's great, and especially um, now. It's not great. Oh no. Oh no. What? I, I was going to say, what's not great is. Um, Potentially being a queer creator working on a queer book at Marvel? Ouch. Yep. Ouch. Cena Grace. Cena Grace. Ooh, girl. Is a, is Cena Grace is like, don't don't piss off a gay guy because they have receipts. They have receipts. And they fucking watch the real housewives and they will fucking go off and get revenge. And, and that, she showed the receipts. And she showed the receipts. And it basically just is like, it just turns out that as much as they were like, yay, a gay character, they still were kind of homophobic to him, Marvel. I mean, think about think about who runs Marvel, right? Is it socially lubricated, savvy, self-loving folk? Probably not. It's probably comic book nerds. A bunch right? of straight white men. Yeah, it's probably a bunch of straight white nerds, probably, who aren't bad people but certainly aren't going to stand up for let's say a queer creator in front of the boys club and the fact that they were had qualms with him being too gay and then the fact which that which means what exactly that they didn't want to just focus on the gayness of it. No, I know, but I'm like I'm being rhetorical. Like, what? How are we? What? What kind of lines are we drawing? How do we quantify? I mean, too gay. I'll admit this: the first few issues, I was like, I get it, because <laughs> it was like, hey, girl, I'm at a drag show, blah blah. Like, it was a little like, okay, but at the yeah, same no, time, it was like one big build up to him saying yes, queen. Like, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like, who gives a fuck? Like, you know, let him do whatever the fuck he wants. And my other thing is, um, like, he just came out. And when you first come out, you do go over the overboard gay. That's what happens when you Absolutely. first come out. Absolutely. You leap out of that fucking closet. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was a horror. Yeah. I was just like, rainbows, I want rainbows everywhere. I, did you have a gay bumper sticker? No, my mother always told me not to have bumper stickers because they ruin your car value. I had one bumper sticker and I bought it, but I didn't want to buy anything too gay because I was afraid they would like vandalize my car. So I got hate is not a family value. 
<laughs> I um, actually once had a bunch of high school people vandalize my car because I was gay. I had, they, they perceived me to be. I um, I had that happen to me too. I had my car was very dirty because it didn't wash a lot, and then a bunch of people wrote "faggot" all over it, and so I had to go home at night and hose off my car so my fam my parents wouldn't see it. Isn't that oh sad? It's oh so my depressing. God, girl, oh my god. I looked a little bit like Bob Saget and people called me Bob Faggot. Oh my god. People said I looked like Bob Saget growing up because <gasps> I was so tall. We are and the same. And that's the worst people are like, you look like Bob Saget. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? When you see a celebrity and you think someone looks like him, if you don't want to fuck that celebrity, keep it to your fucking self. I don't want to know I look like Bob Saget. That it ruined me every time. Fucking say, John Stavos, Bob Faggot. That's pretty funny though. That's it's pretty funny though. That's right? the worst. Is when they're when they have a good comeback. I know. Uh, I'm like, because part of me is like, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. So I might have said this on this podcast before, but they they used to put like uh, post its with notes on the ba- on my back, and and one said like, men please, and I remember being <laughs> like, oh, that's clever. I like that. Yeah. Um, one time I was at leadership camp and these two super sexy guys were drawing like we were the, we were broken up to teams and we were the sharks and um, everyone was getting like shark tattoos and marker on them. Um, and then these two girls came up to me like, Brett, um, blah, 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 and blah, 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 said you're next, but it has to be a tattoo of one shark fucking um, another shark in the butt. <laughs> and I was like, OK. No, I was really hurt. Oh, when yeah. did you come out? Late, because of all that hurtful but, were you, but was it in college? It was right after college. Oh, we waited after college. See, I turned, we well, at the very, literally, like I had a month left before I graduated from high school, and my mom found a Playgirl magazine. And, oh, yeah. And then she was like, you're gay. And I was like, all right, well, I guess it's hard to deny that. And then she called you Bob Faggot. And then she was like, faggot. Um, but anyway, <laughs> poor Iceman. The, the weirdest thing is we yeah. we talked about um, Shade, who then was changed to Dark Veil. Yeah, and it felt weird at the time. And the explanation from it is even more confounding to me that I thought it was because, like, oh, there was another character. It was like, no, they were just mad that he they created. They were just mad that the character got press got outside press, of their and they, purview. And he, they weren't part of it. And they felt that he right. tricked them. So then they demanded that he create a whole new character name and backstory because of it. It's almost like a punishment. It is almost like it's it's That's kind of like torture. So it's like catty. it's like it's like comic book writer torture. What like, the fuck is you that? You know that thing you created that you love. We're gonna fucking body torture. We're gonna body horror it, and we're gonna make, strip away its identity. It's so fucked up. Like I, I like I understand. Okay, so you. Maybe there's some process at Marvel where if you're going to create a big character, it needs to be vetted. There's steps involved. Maybe they were pissed off about that. But maybe he just meant to have this moment of a character where there isn't process around. But it just so happened to take off. And just because the people, the editors, the administrators, just because they didn't have a hand in it or didn't have control over it, they all of a sudden felt they needed to control it is the story I took from his column. And and it's the worst part is, is he was like, 
they were like, don't make it too gay. But then he was like, okay, what else can I work on? Can you give me something else? And they basically like, we haven't found the right thing, AKA, we don't know of another gay thing for you to work on. So they oh, and only you wanted notice- him to do any gay, just they only wanted to do gay stuff. He said, there's one other character they let me work on. Did you pick up who it was? Was it that diamond girl? The, the Wolverine's no. daughter? No. It was the merge of Emma and Wolverine. It was Diamond Patch. Oh, Diamond Patch. St- still a gay character, folks. <laughs> yeah. Super gay. Ugh. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of like Little Nas X coming out as gay and everyone thought that song that everyone loved that he wrote about horses was now about dick and he's like no it's about horses <laughs> I know. like why does it have to be about dick now why does it have to be sexualized because he's gay he's like yeah yeah at night i'm going and sucking dick but the song doesn't have to be about dick right and every other song Every other rap, well, but that uh, Nicki Minaj can sing Anaconda, and we're all cool with that. I just feel really bad. I, I empathize with Cena Grace because, first of all, the amount of trolling he must have got online, like shit about cancerous AIDS, and that was the know, other ins- thing. And they wouldn't help him with that. They wouldn't help him, and they made him prove that this harassment was happening online instead of just having one of your creators backs. Yeah. And, and, and sure. Okay. Other side of the story. You need to be careful. It's very sensitive out there. Fuck you. Take a stand. Yeah. Why not? It's because, you know what? You know what? I don't think they're afraid. Well, sure. They're afraid of sales. They're afraid of damage because, Hey, most of the comic book audience is still the fucking straight white fucking incels. It still is. You fucking incels. fucking incels. Guess what? Yeah, you're a fucking virgin because you're a fucking loser. Not because you're a man, not because you're white, but because you're ugly and gross. And don't get and mad at a girl anything. because guess what? A girl. You can't be mad at a girl that she doesn't want to fuck you because a normal girl doesn't want to fuck an ugly, gross guy. And that's fucking normal. Anyway. Off my soapbox. Let's can we move on to some to another thing to complain about? Uh, can we talk about like Wolverine's daughter for a second? Yes, let's talk about that. It's, it's Charles Soule wrote this, right? I mean, he just did it. He just took a heel turn, right? Like he just pivoted to what? It, it to was like, awful. I've never fallen out of love with a creator so quickly. But in it my was life. like it was almost like were were you possessed by somebody? Like it doesn't even can, feel like he wrote it. Can we keep Charles Soule far the fuck away from Wolverine? Because you know he did the Return of Wolverine too. That wasn't that good either. But at least what are you it, doing? Who's this bitch? And then why are all the X Men dead from the nineties? What the fuck is going on? And I don't care. Oh, are, did you just pivot to Uncanny? No, in no oh. in that Wolverine presents or Marvel presents that Wolverine story. I didn't read it. Oh, it's the '90s X-Men, like blue and gold, and Talisman from Alpha Flight shows up, and is what? like, "Hey, there's this monster that you fought every twenty years." And it's coming back, and you have to kill it. And and it can only be killed by a spell where you can basically re-banish it, like the adversary. And so he basically tells all of the X-Men to come along, 
But this guy, he murders Storm. He kills a Cyclops. He immediately kills Cyclops. G he murders Storm. And then Jean Grey's brain pretty much explodes from all the death happening around her. And then this woman comes out from this dimension and spanches the person away and basically goes, Logan, I told you not to come back and fight this, that I got it. And then she disappears and she has diamond claws, like shiny diamondy claws. And it's like some big busty blonde bitch. And then when she goes back, like Colossus is like, who was that? And he just goes, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was my daughter. And it was like, to be continued. Is it Logan and Emma's daughter? Uh, what? What is all of this? And why are they all dead? Because they don't really die. So I don't understand. But, but, is it Logan and Emma's daughter? If they try to, if they try to fucking retcon that Logan and Emma have a kid together, guess what? That can't be retconned because she doesn't have any eggs left. Oh, shit, you're right. All of her eggs were used for the cuckoo experiment. Yeah, I got the receipts this time, bitch. It's stupid and I don't like it. But let's get, let's, let's move in real quick. I think before we get to Uncanny, maybe we could just talk for a second, maybe literally a second about Prisoner X, the last uh, Age of X-Men book before the wrap-up. Stupid! Tell me about it, because I laid there and stared at the ceiling instead of reading it. Are you going to explain why Danny Moonstar is there? Oh my god, are you kidding? No. No. Are you kidding? No, (gasps) they don't. Oh my, is it going to be in Omega? Omega, basically Omega just is like, we're just going to have... We're going to have 15, no, what is it? Five times five, 25 issues of meandering pointlessness. And then we're going to have one issue that wraps it all up. Ugh. Garbage. Extremist was great. Now, Extremist, that's at least fun. At least the characterization was good. But now we get to Uncanny X-Men. Holy shit. The hits just keep on coming. And I mean hits like assassin hits. People are fucking being killed left and right. Triage. Was he just depowered or was he, he killed? He was depowered. Okay. He was depowered. Yeah. So we lose triage. Um, oh, let's let's start from the beginning here because the re- a lot reunited. happens in this issue. Emma Frost and reunited. Scott are reunited. Emma Frost and Scott are reunited. She has given Scott all of his memories back. And I got to say, over the course of the story, I feel like Scott Summers proves that he's no longer worthy of Emma Frost's love. What? Why do you say that? He's just, he's like, a, he's just a, a, I don't know. Have her side. Ugh. I mean, he's kind of has no one's side. Yeah, he's not it's like, annoying. He's not, he's kind of just like, literally being Switzerland for everything. He's not taking a side at all. And I actually kind of, I kind of didn't mind that because I think he still loves her, but then he's like, you did this fucked up shit. But there, we have to remember Cyclops regrets all of those bad decisions, but he's still the same Cyclops that probably would have gone down the same, gone down that lane. Like he was, 
he was on a dark path, so he kind of still understands it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he gets it. And I think I like I think it's interesting that she then shared everything with them and they all were on the same page. Like we have to we have to do this. We have to take this down. We have to take the one down. It was pretty incredible when um well, so I'll back up. I'll back up. Um, so we, you know, Emma sees Scott, you know, we, they start their thing. Uh, it seems like the Mystiques and the Mr. Sinisters and the Emmas and Scott's team, they're all kind of like, it seems like they're coalescing a little bit. They're, they figured out their common enemy is one. Um, we cut to Wolverine, who's at the one camp. Triage was depowered. Wolverine meets Velocidad, who we saw yeah. early in this run. I'm and he's too. half warlock as well. Um, it's oh, so he's like the source warlock. Yeah. And they, all the warlock sentinels they made, like out of Danny and out of Strong Guy, were basically sourced from Velocidad. Yeah. And Wolverine kills him. He puts him out of his misery. M- euthanizes him. Yeah. Um. Then we basically get to Emma, like coming up on sharing her plan with everybody which she does oh oh i do say uh, they they do say that they're going to replace triage who now has no powers with elixir who they yeah. have um so then scott's team happens upon the one place wolverine's there there's a big warlock kind of sentinel kills banshee and banshee is <laughs> I mean, he was pretty much dead, so it's like... Banshee, what? We have brought this poor motherfucker to life only to kill him over and over. I want this to be a running gag in perpetuity of the X-Men brand. Has he I been, want is Banshee... This, is this the th- third, second, third time he's died? He died um, when he got hit by the, X, by the Blackbird in um, uh, the... Deadly Genesis, and then he was brought back in Necrotia. Um, Did he die again? Maybe put back in the dirt after that. Then brought back up by the Death Seed during the right, whole like right. remend- yeah, yeah, Rick so Remender. Yeah, so this is the third time. So this is like well, this is like third, fourth. I don't know. There's probably a fifth. Going back to the factor three days. I don't know. But we now the Black Tom pulled some shit. And this is I feel this is one of the biggest things that happened in the book. Is he then depowers magic. Yeah. And now she so, is only full sorceress and only her sorcery powers and the dark child just fucking comes out. So we predicted there's gonna be kind of a big death. Like a big one. I th- I think this might be it. Do you think it's gonna be magic? Yeah. So the it was I don't know, like her mutant so she gets depowered by the same thing that depowered triage and they're like, You fool. Her mutant power was the only thing holding back the demon inside of her and I was like, It was? Did she was she holding it at bay via a teleportation portal? Cause that's her power. <laughs> well, yeah, I well may I yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess But I, okay, we'll go with it. I I'm going to I'm going to for some reason I'm going to give it a pass. I don't know why. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to give it a pass. Yeah. So she actually takes someone else out. Juggernaut. 
she rips the Sidorak gem right out of Juggernaut. Does that mean he dies, or is he now just depowered? He's now just depowered, it looks like. He shrinks down to normal Kane Marco size, and she goes, Sidorak. So, magic. Off the board. But then, right when they're about to lose everything, suddenly, no one recognizes them anymore. Everyone kind of drops their weapons and turns around and apologizes, like, oh, very sorry, sir. And then it turns out Emma Sinister, Dr. Nemesis. And Fabian Cortez. And Fabian Cortez basically did, they did brain surgery on Emma. Did they just amplify her powers? She did a number of things. She's holding a Cerebro, number one. Fabian Cortez's mutant power is to amplify other right. mutants' yes, powers. Yes, that's right, number right, two. right, right, right. Then she's got the brain surgery that Mr. Sinister... Well, I'll say that Dr. Nemesis performed, and then I'm sure Mr. Sinister was kind of the, the architect of the whole thing. Yeah. He knows how to, like, ma- manipulate everything the right way to give you... To so make- they, made, they made Emma, like, Omega. She's, like, super Omega telepath. And... She wiped the knowledge and memory of the existence of mutants from everybody on Earth. But here's the thing. You can still Google it. <laughs> right? Like, how do you, what do you do about that? Like, if you don't know about mutants and then you're just like, oh, I want to write a, a story about a mutant and then you Google it. And then it's like all the shipping. Like, when did all this happen? What? She says they don't recognize us, they can't see what we really are, and they don't remember us. As of right now, the world at large has never even heard of mutants who never existed. Okay, as of right now. So they can't see what we really are. I wonder, like, do they go online and if they see the word mutant, they're like, oh, it's an article it's about porn. Christmas. It's porn. I'm going to beat it's off porn. to it. I better turn it off or beat off to it. <laughs> That's an Emma thing to do. Yeah. It's porn. Well... Here's where we leave things then. We're in a world where there's no mutants. They don't exist. And we're in a world where another world, the other X-Men world, where that world is crashing down and they're all about to leave the age of X-Men. So my question is, do you think this is all the final gambit that Hickman wanted him to get to? Or do you think it's all going to be reversed? Or do you think it's going to be, we're going to leave the world... And no one's going to know. So the rest of the world, Fantastic Four, everybody, no one knows who the fuck we are. I think that my first thought was Hickman needed no knowledge of mutants for his shit to work. Well, here's my other question then. If you are a mutant and you're 13 and your powers are coming about, do you not remember that mutants exist? Did she hmm. only mind wipe non-mutants? What about potential mutants? What about mutants yeah. being born? That's kind of fucked up that they're not going to know that they're out there to help them. We'll see. Oh, Hickman! Hickman! It's That's going to be my new thing. Whenever When we start getting this new run and I don't like it, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, Hickman! Hickman! I crushed it. Sorry. <laughs> I crushed it. Ugh. 
It's crazy. What a thing comic books are. They make us so happy and so angry. I love it. And when I think of anger, I think of wrath. We're in the month of wrath. Yeah. All right, everybody, we did it. Um, we would super appreciate it if you gave us a rating on your podcast app or wherever your podcast is sold. Um, it really helps us kind of grow this community um, and share the correct opinions about comic books and comic book-related properties. Yes. I agree with all of that. I support it. And I demand I support it. it. He's an ally. And remember, friends, we're about to toss all of our allies t- to the curb <laughs> and, and wipe your memories of us and move away to Mars or the world or wherever it is and go have our own goddamn pride. And you'll one day look around while you're celebrating pride. All the gays will be gone. You'll never have remembered them. And you'll turn and you'll say, what are we even doing this for? <laughs> and we'll look it down upon you from Mars and laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and remember, guys, if you are an ally, you are more than that. You are actually part of the community. Because if you're reading comics, you're part of the community, literally. Because if you read comics, then that means you're queer. queer. You're gay now. Goodbye. Bye. Thwip. Snipped.